Hello, hello, hello. This is 3D or 2D.com's The 3D Show. The goodbye edition. Hello, this is Adolf, and I have with me Classic Jake. That's all, folks. So, uh, this is uh, The 3D Show, the final episode with uh, Jake. Um, we're going to do final episodes with each everyone if we get a chance. And uh, this is kind of an exit interview for the podcast listeners, and that way we get a chance to talk and, you know, you have a last podcast, kind of about the website, kind of about podcasting, kind of about us, kind of about just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and we're not going to talk about 3D movie news. This is the news. The news is us, and uh, getting to know us, and, you know, having the opportunity to have, you know, be able to say goodbye. Um, so that way you get to say goodbye, and... People listening have closure and catharsis as they say goodbye to you, in theory. So, um, I guess I'm going to be asking you some questions, and uh, we could. I have some stuff uh, prepped up, but you know, this is just going to be from the heart. And you know, I, get, I did give you some of these questions beforehand, so that way it's not completely unorganized mess. Um, <laughs> so. I guess the first things are, what are some of your best memories of being on the website, being on the podcast? Oh, just doing it. I mean, I love 3D movies. And just being able to share that with people was a lot of fun. I mean, what are some of your worst memories? Uh, wrinkle in Time. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess all the time. Uh, and the pandemic. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, how many times did you complain to managers about the 3D not working in the theaters? <laughs> uh, to the point that I became known as 3D Karen. <laughs> but you're doing it for us. And, yeah. and uh, this is why 3D uh, is almost dead. It's because of complete lack of, of care about the presentation. Yeah, you have no idea if the theater you go to is going to be great or not, and it could be IMAX, and you still pay twenty dollars to see it, and you're like, "Oh, it still sucked." And it's like, "That's is it because IMAX was it because the theater yeah, out of focus? They could not have the sound." Um, I mean, you don't know how many times I've complained because they didn't thread the film correctly, and uh, it was in mono. At least that doesn't happen anymore because they don't use prints most places. It's digital. And they still manage to screw it up, even though they have to hit a button or two. Um, well, I guess some of the times when, you, maybe you know, maybe some of the worst times were were just the the problems that you had too with different studios talk, you know, giving not giving us facts and making it hard for us to you know have fun because you know ultimately we try to have fun on this podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> And there's several movies I couldn't review or even see because there were no 3D screenings. And even movies that you paid for. Remember when you paid for Hobbs and Shaw in 3D, but you didn't get a chance to see it in 3D? Yeah, uh, yeah. All I got to do is see it. Wait till he got on a home video in Germany before I could see it in the 3D that it was filmed in or converted to. And I'm, you know, it's stuff like that that makes it so hard and it makes us burnt out and, and angry and frustrated it's like it's not we don't we, we I, I wasn't this way when we started i was, was pretty happy and excited and, and i want to do this and now it's like i'm ready for it to be done and it's just yeah. it's sad it, i don't inara i'm i'm um now, some of the best memories I have with you, Jake, um, is going to be a lot of the podcasts we did for the patrons. And if, if you're not a patron, well, you're just going to have to suffer through because uh, you missed out on a lot of great content. <laughs> uh, remember the episode we did about sevens and like how not all sevens are the same? Vaguely. <laughs> um, I remember Remember we did podcast uh, Duh 3D Show 69 with... Uh, James and it became really inappropriate but hilarious at the same time because it was episode 69 and it just became crazy. Yeah. That was a good time with James. Uh James, yeah. Um 
Do you <laughs> do you remember the the time when we had our Bigfoot podcast where we just talk about Bigfoot movies and Bigfoot <laughs> idea? Because <laughs> yeah. there was like a string of Bigfoot movies that we had to review. I was just like, okay, uh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah there were, there's more. Yeah, there's actually more three D Bigfoot movies than there is Bigfoot porn. <laughs> Who would think? Now, we never got the chance to have a, a, a porn discussion. I know you wanted to do one. Um, we could do that today. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen uh, porn. I mean, I mean, not the new converted stuff uh, or the stuff shot on video. Most of the 3D porn I've seen was shot in the 70s, late 60s. Mm. A few things from the 80s, and, and most of it I haven't seen in years and years and years. Not that porn is really that much to remember. <laughs> um, I know waiting, and finally, after so many years of delays, and actually finally seeing Avatar 2 in 3D, and gorgeous. Finally. Mm-hmm. That's a great yeah. memory. <laughs> it, yeah, it wasn't worth the wait, though. Nothing would have been, nothing was worth that weight. Um, I mean, it's still good. It just shouldn't have taken that long. Just having those uh, times where we have reviews that, um, you know, me and you or occasionally would have some reviews. We both think we're probably crazy. You're probably not going to like this movie. And we're like, damn it, I love this movie. And damn it, we'll defend this movie. We, we you know, we, we both defend Dark Phoenix. And the second, um, Fantastic Beast movie. The um, they're way better movies than people give them credit for, and we really like them. And most people don't. <laughs> fine, I mean, most movies are fine. I mean, I mean, they don't suck. They're not masterpieces. They're not. You have to go see it now, but they're fine. You know, I mean, Fantastic Beast movies. I mean, are like. I I don't know what the last one is because I didn't bother. It wasn't 3D, so I said, screw it. Life's too short. Um, and movies are too expensive. Uh, well, movie tickets, anyway. Uh, and I just... But the other ones, they're fine. They're not... I'm not... I don't say rush out the theater and spend top dollar, but, hey, you're um, kicking back and you turn on freebie and or whatever, and it's on worth seeing once i mean it's not going to change your life but it's not going to kill you either you know that's a podcast that um i regret we didn't get a chance to do was that because there's there's just this fan fandom that's really toxic that it's like well you know if the movie wasn't a 10 out of 10 it's a zero and it's like get out of here (laughs) yeah get out out of here Uh yeah and marvel fandom starting to become that way which is really a damn shame you could have sevens. You could have sixes. You could even have some fives. So you're like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't have to be... Not every damn movie has to be wonderful. You could have some... Okay, that's, you know, mid-grade. And it's okay. It's not the end of the world. And not it's not either... It's not a zero or ten scale. It's all the zero through ten. You know, you count but every I number. Understand where they're coming from. Because whether a movie is... A zero, a five, seven, or a ten—it's still going to cost you the same amount of money. And and movies are so damn. I mean, I joke—it's cheaper to be a drug addict than it is to go to the movies. I mean, I mean, I mean, I can go buy. I mean, I can get a half ounce of weed cheaper than I can take somebody to the movies. Yeah, um, I've always appreciated with you, Jake, that uh, you're. Just the encyclopedic amount of knowledge you have about comics and history, that it's your experience is, is wonderful. And yeah, Jake's going to know that story. Yeah, sure. Jake will know about this comic book character from the 1970s. <laughs> yeah. You know about one from the 1920s or 30s. Your encyclopedic knowledge is just. Last week, I don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah. What happened last week? I don't know, but you, you know this, yeah, you know. I, a, I could name a Taylor Swift song, honest. I don't think I could, man. 
but you could definitely, you know, talk about this uh, Spider-Man character <laughs> from the 1950s. Yeah. Um, for anyone that is listening, you know, you're a podcaster. What's it like to be a podcaster? What's your daily schedule? You know, what's your weekly, what's your monthly kind of plan? How is it like? Is it different than what you expected it to be? Or what is it like? Well, it's not what I expected it to be. I expected to have to go to a studio or something and not just speak into a gaming headphone. Uh, uh, but usually what I do is I try to get as much rest as I can, uh, make sure I and I uh, get my order for food or whatever, and I try to make sure I've eaten. Uh, when before my computer died, I would have my I would go through show notes and try to have stuff so I have notes. But lately, I haven't been able to do that because my computer just died, and and it's kind of, and I'm in. And if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know I'm a luddite. I mean, well, not exactly a luddite because luddites hate technology. I'm just. It's not very adept with it. But we I'm found a way to make it work. A person, but I'm in, willing to embrace the digital world. I just don't have the finances to it all the time. And you know, over over the years, I think you've gotten better at stuff, and you definitely have. You know, last couple of times we've shared notes on Apple, you know, ecosystem, and you gave me a yeah. note that you, you typed the review on. I was like, wonderful. <laughs> this, this is perfect. Yeah, I typed a review on a cell phone. <laughs> and, died, and I died, and I did it with chopsticks because my fat fingers were. <laughs> and, you know, this is a, a radio program, and, you know, I, I, I do give y'all show notes. It's not like we completely wing everything. I, I think that's completely insane for some people to completely wing things. But I also, you know. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> um, I, I give y'all a, a, a basic outline. I don't want to have everything scripted. I don't want to have everything, you know, it's just, I want it to be natural. And it's mm-hmm. what you listen yeah. to is who you are. I would be sitting here reading stuff and Boston and him and then it would sound like an Orville Redenbacher commercial. And um, just in case people are wondering, whenever you, you know, it's your chair that's moving, right? Sometimes you're like moving your chair around and getting comfortable. That's what the yeah. noise is. Yeah. So if everyone didn't wonder about that, um, you know, it's, it's we're not glamorous here. I'm just using a $25 headset I got off of Amazon and um we're using Skype, and yeah, and uh, I'm in a chair that's probably about forty years old. And that's why it creaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I think it's older. It's more like sixty. That's right. Because yeah, the new chair, the the squeaking. Because uh, yeah, I'm now. Uh, yeah, it's one of my grandmother's old chairs. And we record on Skype because everything uses Skype. You can use Skype on your phone. You can use it on your Android. You can use it on your computer. And it will work. And it uh, gives you the option to record. And it's free. <laughs> so that way, there's been plenty of times where uh, me and, you know, we're recording this with an app I have called, uh, what is this app? It's called Audio Hijack, which I pay for uh, on a yearly or semi-yearly basis. And then we use Skype as a backup there's a couple of times where somehow I put the wrong setting or, or something happened, glitched up, and the Skype backup saves a day. Um, this oh, is very... oh, God. Remember the first solo recording I did? Yeah. And I got nervous. I messed up. I, I drank too much to steady my nerves, and I messed up the name of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's part of the reason why we stopped doing individual podcasts like that, just to make it easier on you. That way, you know, I could help guide the conversation and make sure you get to all the points that you want, want to know in your review. Um, yeah, it's, I, if I'm left to my own devices, I'm going to meander around almost like, uh, face it, in a lot of ways, I'm like a lot of people's grandpas. 
Um, so, what is it like to be a movie reviewer for those who are curious listening? I don't really know exactly because I don't know. And I guess I don't consider myself a critic, but I do consider myself a reviewer. And I'm just like, cool. I just like talking about movies and I like trying to quantify a little bit. I mean, I'm not really into number scores. I mean, because in my real life, talking films with people, I never use a number score. I just am like, how much of my time is it I used in my personal life? It's I've always used more of a score of how much of my time is this movie worth? Is it worth my immediate attention or is it something I can um, put off and enjoy later? Or is it something that if I never see it, it's no big tragedy. Now, you've been reviewing way before the website, right? Years, decades, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I did stuff, some stuff in the 80s. Uh, I um, Then I went and did um, covered music scenes in the 90s. Like you work for newspapers and such? Mm. Nah, it was never professional, not really. Uh, I did some, mostly zines, and uh, because it's always just been a hop. If you're trying to get rich reviewing movies, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you think writers uh, get paid horribly, script television uh, and, and movie, nothing compared to newspaper writers who cover review things like albums and movies and tv shows they're the absolute bottom uh, of the ecosystem and are probably the most abused what chris pratt has invited you to his yacht to <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just checking my email every waiting come on chris rock has to talk to you about you know doing cocaine with some hookers <laughs> mm-hmm they don't care about us. <laughs> you know, I was reviewing before the website too. And one of those things is, it, it, you know, it, it starts off easy. It starts off as talking to your friend that you watch the movie with and be like, do you like it? Do you not like it? Okay. What do you, like, what do you think could be better? Okay. And then, oh, what score would you give it? And then it evolves. You know, I, I can write this down to make it a little bit better. And then, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it keeps going. And you, you just, you you see more movies and you become better at seeing cliches and seeing yeah. better at seeing mm -hmm. tropes. Yeah. And well, a lot of film theory and stuff, I like to just not go there because, um, most people who go to a movie don't care, uh, if it follows some Russian film theorists, uh, how they think of, or whether Chekhov's gun is fulfilled or, or, and then, heck, they barely care about character arcs. Yeah. I mean, did you, have you gotten a film school education or no? In a weird sort of way, I've never been to film school, but I have several friends who went to film school and I usually wound up doing their homework. You know, when you're roommates with people and rent's got to be paid some, and somebody's got to work and somebody's got shorter hours they wind up doing the homework, and that was usually me. And we've never had the opportunity to go into free screenings or early screenings. I mean, early screenings are, are rare, but we, we always had to pay for this stuff on ourselves. Yeah, for here, I mean, there were times in my life I got into, I could get into, I was on screening lists and stuff like that, but not with this podcast. I mean, I wish that we were popular yeah. enough for that. I, and not, not that I didn't want that for y'all. Mm -hmm. And and there was often I had to travel more than 100 miles round trip to see a movie. Yeah, and I said, you don't got to do that. <laughs> I don't want you to do that. It's for some stupid, stupid. Yeah, I put my foot down about going to California and going to, um, heck, um, the idea how much of a movie buff I am and how insane I can get. Uh in the in the late nineties, um, I was going to Canada to see Hong Kong movies because that was the closest first run Hong Kong movie theater with an eight hour drive. And me and some friends, we would load up in a car and go, and we would catch the last show, and then we'd wind up sleeping in the car 
and then driving back. And usually you would, you know, I would text you, hey, do you have the review? Or you would email me the review. And um, I basically have a little bit of time to try to post it, you know, day of or, you know, maybe a day mm-hmm. after. But I don't I don't have, you know, I ideally I would go back and forth and talk to you. And I, there was a couple of times here and there that I did have some time to text you. Can you give me more about this or tell me more about that? But ideally, mm-hmm. that would be the dialogue. But I don't always have the time. I just have to, you know, get out. I, I want to have the reviews up, or, you know, on time or early. Uh, you never really, and you never really egregiously rewrote me. I mean, I think the only time I ever complained about anything is I said, you can't say uh, that was the Shang-Chi review because I had to have the term um, Hollywood in there because this wasn't the greatest martial arts movie since Enter the Dragon. It was the best Hollywood. And trust me, that's a distinction that's very, very important to martial arts movie fans. If we didn't have that in the review, we would get so much income and hate and well-deserved hate, it wouldn't have been funny. So, you know, it's just the, the, that process of, that's what this process should be. But, you know, obviously the process also should include, you know, paid salaries, which I would love to have done that, but I don't make money on this website. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, um, you know, yeah, there's I, a lot of stuff I wish I could have done and done more of, but because there wasn't an income out of this, I things like there was a lot of things you ne- wanted me to do and I just couldn't do it because I just couldn't make the time. And, and that's fine. And that's it is what it is. And, you know, we got a couple patrons, but that isn't much. You know, and we, we, I might get some Google Analytics or Google Ads, but that's inconsistent at best. So, I mean, if you look at the profit versus how much cost of mm-hmm. money and time, there's no way. There's not even close to being profitable. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, but I could have. was a fun hobby while we could afford to do it. Yeah. But the writing started showing up on the wall during the pandemic because, I mean, the Face it, the whole world pretty much took a punch to the gut with the with the global pandemic. People so, are no different. Yeah, and we're no different. We're just regular people that want to write and talk about movies. So it's not, you know, you didn't go to you know school, college for four years learning how to be a movie reviewer, right? <laughs> yeah. And I taught you how to be a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not a glamorous lifestyle for us. We don't make money. We don't get treated to Hollywood parties. We don't get early. Yeah, we're not influencers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a time early in the website where I did get early screenings, but I did not get those early screenings because of the website. I got it because where I used to live used to be a place where they had early screenings. They still have early screenings, but they used to also show those movies early in, and in 3D. So that made it awesome for me because like, oh, yeah, I can review this early. But it wasn't because of me. It was because of that. Uh, th- those early review preview websites happened to be in the town that I lived in. And, you know, I would have to wait in line with everyone else. I wasn't um, and wait in line and get then go in the theater. And I would you know basically go two hours or an hour before the, th- the movie started, sit in line. With everyone else, and then basically, if um, the the guy from the distribution company would walk by, give us tickets, and then you know if I was too late, then I might get a terrible seat, or I may not be able to get in at all. And it was just general public that could you know get this, um, and it, it was just by chance that these early screenings were three D. But, you know, I did try to talk to some of the press, and they were like, "Oh yeah, your website needs to have like you know." I think it was like 500,000 views a day or something or some ridiculous number or big number, I guess, that I wasn't even close to. And it's like, yeah, we're not, you know, if you, you know, we do, the press did have select rows to go in the theater for to have the early screenings. And I have seen some, you know, early movies that way, but I haven't seen it as a reviewer because the website doesn't make, you know, a million, you know, followers a day or something. It doesn't make those big numbers. Because and then they don't want to you know consider me legit press because I'm not that way. 
So we we don't get early screenings. We don't, you know, shit. <laughs> I, it would be amazing if they would fly us to L.A. Oh, here, you know, here's James Gunn. You get to go watch Guardians 3 a month early. No, no. <laughs> that's never happened before. <laughs> that would be awesome, but no. That's a... <laughs> I mean, how would you feel if that was the job? <laughs> we would probably be in a lot of... Tr- we would probably... I don't know. It'd be fun, I guess. Or we'd probably wind up um, a-holes like Harry Knowles and all those people on Ain't It Cool News. So, it's it's not a, a glamorous lifestyle. And it, it's, you know, we do this on Sundays... And uh, I try to edit this as soon as I can, and it takes us away from our families. And it, it you know, I, I can't pay anything because I don't make anything. And if it's costing me to host a website and pay for and do everything, and you know, it takes us time and money to go you know, our own gas, our own. Yeah, and I missed a qu- and um, I missed quite a while on the website because I remember I had surgery. Yeah, early on. And my yeah. recovery and my recovery was really long. Okay, so yeah, that's just kind of a preview of who, how it is to be a reviewer, how to be a podcaster. It's not a glamorous lifestyle. We're not influencers. We're not. We don't get movie. You know, I did get some. It free swag. Yeah, we don't get the swag. Um, there is times where um I would get a free game uh, to review or a, a product of some sort to review. And those were cool, but it, you know that was the exception. That was not a regular thing by any means. And sometimes people would re- contact me, and it would be garbage. And sometimes people still contact me. Oh, how, um, how about I pay you to... I've gotten this email several times and just ignore them. Let me publish an article on your website, but you can't say that it's a paid-for article. No, that's, that's corrupt. <laughs> and just say that you know that yeah we'll give you a lot of money for that no that's unethical that's corrupt i'm not doing it and there's a lot of places that would do that or they would say okay at least this is a um you know uh, uh, a movie or a review or, or product or whatever that is sponsored but some places don't want even that they just here you go and you get traffic and we'll pay you money for it and that's just no so it's it's a missed opportunity, sure. And you know we don't have our own merch, really. So you know I don't. You don't have T-shirts that have three or two D on, or or anything like that. I mean, I got one or two, but I special ordered them from um, a website. But that was only one. It wasn't like I have a catalog of these things. So, tis not a glamorous lifestyle, to put it nice, to put it bluntly. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, we've had an ongoing joke with um, uh, uh, that a lot of movies you give scores to as a seven out of ten. So, yep. um, you know, you have the right to. I've never, I have never wanted to change any of your scores. The only thing I would say is that I want to feel like this to justify the score you gave it. I don't care if you gave this movie a five or a four or whatever, as long as you justify that in the writing, whatever. Um, that's not my place to to override your you know oh yes should be a nine no yeah if you don't like it you don't like it and just have to justify that now i agree some people who said my seven is a lot of people's five and to each their own yeah exactly but i always felt like why most movies seem to hit seven is because most movies are okay and to me seven is the okay score that's why so I have a list of seven movies that um, are given a 7 out of 10 score. Now, some of these movies you reviewed, some of the movies I reviewed, some of them other people reviewed. So, um, the movie, the list on here, you don't know this list, by the way. Um, I'm keeping this secret because I wanted this for the podcast, for fun. Awesome. So, so seven movies here, I have it listed. Um, and I'll, go, I'll, I'll run by the names first, and then you tell me what movie you think is the best of the seven of the seven Seven movies with a 7 out of 10 score. So, uh, Lightyear, Ray of the Last Dragon, Godzilla vs. Kong, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Rampage, Spy in Disguise, and Dark Phoenix. Which one of those is the best? 
Emotionally rampage, but it's probably okay. Which one is the worst from that the seven? Probably Lightyear. Okay, and that's fine. Um, now we've rated six. We have six movies here. The next thing is the worst movies. Um, and I have a list of ten actually to get the worst scores. Now some of these you gave, some of these I gave. Um, most of these I gave. <laughs> so I'll list the ten, and you tell me what you think are the worst of the worst of this ten group. So this is the worst of the worst movies. This is from the beginning of the website. So this is some of these movies we never talked about on air. So um, I'll list them first, and then you'll tell me what you think is the worst. Jupiter Ascending. Gods of Egypt. Alice Through the Looking Glass. Ghostbusters 2016, Exodus, Gods and Kings, The Emoji Movie, The Mummy, Wonder Park, Skyscraper, and A Wrinkle in Time. The Emoji Movie, hands down. Okay, and do you know which movies you reviewed from that list? <laughs> uh, sky, uh, skyscraper, I remember. A Wrinkle in Time, I'll never forget, no matter how hard I try. <laughs> And that was your first review. I felt so bad for you because you. <laughs> uh, well, it was all uphill from there. Being a, working here, I said, "If I can get through this, I can handle anything." And it also warmed my heart thinking that, "Hey, I'm having, I'm spending two hours of my life here, and Disney just spent a couple hundred million dollars to prove this novel is unfilmable." <laughs> and. The Emoji Movie, we never actually talked about this on air. I mean, I talked about this on the Patreons because I think I watched it drunk. And it is all as awful as everyone says because it is completely a morally corrupt movie with absolutely, there's no creativity here at all. It is just... Does it? It's just bland. I mean, at least Food Fight, as terrible and awful as it is has a personality of complete skeeviness. The Emoji Movie is just crass, empty-headed commercialism and and no guts to make a statement about anything. It's pretty much a 90-minute-plus a, a ad. I remember when it came out, me and James were talking about this. It's like, neither one of us feel like we could actually be a fair critic. And so we just, neither one of us decided to review it. Uh, because we could not be fair. We, if you have to decide, and when you, if you're a movie critic, you should be able to decide. Hey, I'm close, too close to this property. I can't uh, be a, a valid, you know, writer to to critique this. Yeah, that something you should be able to do. And even sometimes, even even if you are really close to a property, you maybe you are too critical on it. Maybe you are too positive on it. But it's up to you to decide that. And uh, you know, me and James were like. We both know this is going to be a big piece of shit. And it literally has a piece of shit in the trailer. <laughs> we know we can't be fair. So we're just not going to review it. And yeah, it, it really was that bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually worried about that when um, I wound up d d reviewing Spider-Man. You know, the Sony animated one because of Sony's track record. And I was like, I think I can be fair about this. And damn, uh, I got completely blown away. In fact, you actually, con when I sent my review in, you were like, are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? <laughs> you talked shit about it before. Broke something. Okay, besides the Emoji movie, what is the other worst movie on that 10 list? Um, Dodge of Egypt. <laughs> oh my god. I had so much fun reviewing that. Yeah. <laughs> Gods of Egypt is, is fun, though. It's really wrong-headed, and it's laugh-out-loud, and and you might as well embrace the ins inanity and insanity of it, because it's going to... Because it is one of the few movies Chadwick Boseman made, so it will sit there and be remembered because that Chadwick Boseman was in it. You know, I saw this movie in a, a garage sale not that long ago, and I laughed, and I was like, should I buy it for just nostalgic sake? And I was like, no, I'm never going to watch this shit again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I would never watch this except in 3D. 
Oh man, and uh, that was it was fun to write that review because it when when it's that bad. Oh, I it was it's enjoyable to tear something apart so well. And that list, you also had a couple of the what I call the Jesus movies, like Exodus, and there was another one. They're both oh my god, so wrongheaded and so oh my god, this is insane. I mean, I gave Gods of Egypt a 1 out of 10, and I don't regret it. <laughs> Would you think that's too low, or that's all right? Well, movies like that, when you get to be the so sublimely bad, are so hard to give a score to, because if you look at it as a straight movie, it's a 1. But the fact, but the, but the train wreck enjoyment of it is like an eight or a nine. I mean, it is entertaining just in the worst sort of way. Yeah. I mean, it's entertaining. You know, we don't necessarily want to see a piece of shit movie. We don't want to see a great movie. We just want to have an enjoyable time. And sometimes having a terrible movie is enjoyable. Fantastic movies are fun. Yeah. But it gets to be really weary when you pay, when you spend 50 bucks to go to the movies for a weekend uh, Gods of Egypt is going to piss you off and probably mess up your date. But Gods of Egypt, um, on a, a night you're staying in and uh, want to smoke a few bowls, you know, you might have a little fun with it. Yeah, um, definitely agree with that. Um, so that's why I was, I was tempted for like maybe a, a second or two. Should I buy it just for, you know, to get high with and laugh at? Or is it like, no, no, it doesn't uh, deserve it. It's worth having it on 3D because I think I picked up a disc for like three bucks. I can use the the regular DVD as a uh, drink coaster and uh, the 3D one put on occasionally is like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Can't believe Chadwick Boseman was in this movie. Oh my God. And the five out of tens and the six out of tens are the ones that are hard to write. Because they're just kind of, they're okay, kind of like it, kind of don't like it. It's, it's not that. Um, it just, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, the hardest have been the 10. Because what's the difference? And sometimes it's just so minuscule. Okay. I, I guess that's a good segue. So we've had a, a lot of best uh, movies these are the top nine highly rated movies. Which one do you think is the best of the these this nine? And some of these I reviewed, some of these you reviewed, some of these are just reviewed on the website. I forget who did what, but um some of these I don't think you've seen. So um but yeah, all of these I think are really truly wonderful movies. But um I'll I'll list them and you tell me what you think is the best one. Avengers Infinity War. Avengers Endgame. Titanic. They Shall Not Grow Old, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Puss in Boots Last Wish, How to Train Your Dragon 2 and 3, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. What do you think is the best of all that? They Shall Not Grow Old. And that's that's your highest rated review, too. I, I also put it on, it made number one uh, best movie two years in a row because it got re-released and nothing, and nothing came Nothing topped it. It's an amazing piece of work by Peter Jackson. And I can't believe you can't get the 3D version on disc. Okay. Um, what other movie from that list do you think is the best? Uh, and Across the Spider-Verse. That's an incredible animated movie. Well-deserved its Oscar. It was a rev- It's one of those that it changed. It, it changed animation. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. It was tight. It was beautiful. It was, it was just... Sony knocked it out of the park with that movie. Oh, I'll never forget our discussion we had on How to Train Your Dragon 3 about... Um, Glory. Um, about Glory Holes. Uh, <laughs> that's something for the patrons to enjoy. <laughs> old adage everything um gets turned into a sexual euphemism and everything eventually gets a porn parody because i didn't know the the basically a whirlpool 
is the old word the old word for that is a glory hole which glory hole has completely been sexualized now so you can't unthink of it but olden day times that was what it called a whirlpool the little you know um but now so that little podcast was just a lot of fun for for patrons all right what scores do you feel like are too high um i gave you the list of worst and highest which ones do you think probably too high probably too low Oh, the one that comes to my mind that I definitely gave too high of a rating to is Wonder Woman 1984. Okay. Oh, and that's because I was really mad at the bad-mouthing of it. It was as bad people said. Now, I stick to my guns on Dark Phoenix. I gave it the right score, and I still stand by it. But I over I overgraded uh, uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Okay. Now we have some surprise movies. You know, we, we we might back you know talk crap about some movies in the podcast, but you know, you never know. Things get might get get released and be a surprise hit. And holy crap! So here's a list of nine movies that I feel like were surprise movies that I didn't see coming. I'll list them and I'll tell you which one. What do you think is the best one of all of them, and which surprised you the most? Spies in Disguise, Missing Link. Rampage, Alpha, Bumblebee, that the Jumanji movies are good, the Angry Birds movies are good, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, and The Walk. What do you think is the biggest surprise from all that? Oh, let me think. Um, Rampage is a pretty big one because game movies, video game movies traditionally are terrible. And you're right, the Jumanji movies. The, the the Dwayne John yeah yeah oh I am not a big fan of the Robin Williams Jumanji so when I went to see the only reason I went to see Jumanji the other one because I was still recovering from surgery remember yeah and I think I still was because a film critic friend of mine wanted an a, opinion on on some stuff in the movie and had. I, Asked me if I'd seen it, and I said no. And he said, "Could you go see it? I really would want your feedback on some stuff I'm thinking of." And so I went to see it, and I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, yeah, I, 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 the traders look pretty bad for it, and I remember James gave me the review for the first one. I was like, seven, really, seriously?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's really good." And it's like, "Huh?" And I was like, "Damn." I'm, I'm, I saw it and I was like, this is a lot of fun. Way better than I originally thought it would be. So, um, for me, Alpha was a big surprise. Like, uh, Oh, yeah. It was uh, beautiful. A completely horrible name for a movie. But um, the trailer is kind of like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. It's about a dog and cavemen or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a terrible name. And like- the... Awesome. Cinematography it was just so beautiful. The three D was so wonderful. It's so emotional and it's so well done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great family film. It really is, and well worth looking up. I mean, it's well. I mean, see it in three D if you can, but it's well worth if even if you can't see it in three D. Now, um, we had some phenomenal three D moments as. Uh, you know, the many years we've been here together. Mm-hmm. Um, you can spoil. What are some phenomenal 3D moments? This was going to be a podcast series, but I just never got around to it. Okay. Um, Probably one of the greatest moments in 3D that I've seen since on the pod- doing the podcast is the body falling scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when they're on this kind of debt bridge and, and just people start falling it just looks absolutely incredible. Uh, also, when uh, George eats the woman in the red dress in Rampage, that looked incredible. <laughs> okay. And uh, and there's lots and lots of incredible moments in uh, in, in Infinity War, in Endgame. Yeah, yeah, Marvel. Yeah, came with their A game. On the- I mean, I I never forget that Infinity War after the snap and turn 3D was turned off. I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I couldn't believe that actually was planned out and thought about. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. And people were getting mad at first. And I, was, I saw an IMAX 3D and I was like, holy shit. And then people were mad. And I was like, wait, it's supposed to be this way. And we just heard rumblings. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's completely, okay, yeah. The world is not vibrant anymore. Not 3D anymore because the snap. I was like, oh, cool. All right. Uh, what phenomenal movie moments will you never forget? Um, definitely the uh, oh, probably the funnest one is when I went to the Marvel tenth year celebration and sat through all the Marvel movies. It was like a week, two weeks. I think it was just a week, you know. And all the people I met, and the only time I ever got swag was this. It was, and the manager wanted to meet me because he noticed one person bought all the center seats, <laughs> the best seat in the house, and wanted to meet this person <laughs> who booked who booked the center seat. I would think that um, I remember you mentioned that um, seeing how uh, they shall not grow old with your brother was incredible because he loves forward, you know, history and the, the specific specific scene where it, he said that the movie turns black and white to color to 3d and it just transitions pretty beautifully. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a beautiful transition. Um, what about some horrible movie moments that you, you would never forget? Yeah. I headache inducing lack of 3d and um, a wrinkle in time. Uh, sitting through yet another horrible 3D nutcracker. <laughs> God, how many times do they have to do a crappy 3D nutcracker? Uh, God awful German um, Sharknado conversion. You know, I'm still a little bit bitter that the commercials for A Wrinkle in Time had all this amazing 3D kind of stuff in there, and like they they had commercials with uh, stuff coming out of the aspect ratio and none of the 3D was like that in the movie. I was like, come on! <laughs> come on! I don't know why more, more theaters, more movies don't do that. They did it a couple times here and there, but it's it's just like, come on. Oh, the 3D is, most conversions is so weak. It's And I, I think it's because they're afraid they'll hurt people's eyes, strain and stuff. Maybe, but you turned it into something that wasn't worth seeing. You should have treated the 3D like you do in, in theme parks. On three, sure, the, the 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 ride's only a few minutes, but if you had nice, if you had the 3D that good, you would it would be vibrant and 3D would be the genre into itself, and people probably wouldn't grumble so much about having to wear glasses to see it. But they did everything they can to up upcharge and give nothing in return for that upcharge. Now, uh, we had a lot of disappointing movies. Movies that, you know, maybe could have been better or, or maybe are really, you know, it's just disappointing. So here's a list of seven movies that I think most people will say are very disappointing movies. What do you think is the most disappointing of the seven? Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, Wonder Woman 1984, Mulan, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Justice League, Independence Day Resurgence, and Avengers Age of Ultron. What was most disappointing? Probably a a tie between Mulan and uh, the Josh Whedon Justice League. Yeah. I mean, Skywalker, it's such a frustrating movie to think about, and that... I just thought it was fine. I mean, the, the big... I mean... Of uh, of the Disney uh, Star Wars movies, the only one I really really like is Rogue One. And Avengers: Age of Ultron gets a bad rap, but it is not as bad as people think it is. It's fine. It's a seven. Uh, what are some of the the best three D overall movies? Uh, the best three D moments in m- movies? Like, what is exactly the the this is the thing you got? This movie, this scene, this thing was the best 3D, well, overall best 3D in movies? Period. Just, you know, like a top four or something for you. Okay, probably the best 3D is when Charles Bronson jumps 
onto the screen in House of Wax it gets audiences every time, no matter how many times they've seen that scene in that movie, when it happens, it's still startling. And I've seen it dozens of times on the big screen, and it gets me every damn time. It's just so beautifully executed. Okay. What a, um, I think you said that, remember, you said that the They Shall Not Grow Old, how it made that into a 3D movie, and how it just brought these people to life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they uh, got um, lip readers to read the lips of the people in the silent footage, and they dubbed some of the sound. Then they also used living history recordings of veterans um, talking about their war experiences, and they overplayed that with footage that they colorized and converted to 3D. And it just is just such an incredible, moving... I mean, this is a bullshit-free look at what war actually is from the people who were there. This is about as close as anybody's going to get to talking to a World War One veteran in this century because they're all gone. They've all passed on. There's nobody left alive from World War One. Um, how excited are you for the future of 3D movies? <sighs> I'm excited for 3D, but I'm not excited for the movies. I mean, um, the, this the, the greed factor, I mean, they just keep charging more and more and more, and presentation is worse and worse. It also doesn't help that I live in a, I have a monopoly, pretty much. I mean, Regal pretty much owns all the screens, and they don't give a damn, at least in this market, because they know there's, they have no, comp, no real competition. Do you have any regrets regarding the website and the podcast and... Uh, your experience with 3D movies, I guess, the last few years? Uh, I wish I lived in a in a better film market. <laughs> okay. Do you have any revelations you want to uh, announce to the people listening that they, they may not know about you or, or about anything? Just like, this is a big revelation that you want to... A megaton revelation announcement that you want to do now. Nah, because I've learned with stuff in this world, there are certain things you just need to just don't bring attention to yourself. Because if you do, it can be the consequences can be quite dire. It sucks, but it is what it is. That's all I'll say about it. I wish I wish we lived in a different world, but we don't. Do you actually listen to the podcast even when you're not on it? Uh, I'm actually more apt to listen to it when I'm not on it than when I'm on it. My voice makes me uh, cringe. Okay. But I have listened to uh, my uh, voice on on the podcast sometimes. What are you going to do after the website ends? Probably um, go to the doctor and find out get this and find out what's going on. I got an upper respiratory infection that's killing me. Well, not literally, but I'm tired of coughing up lemon pudding. Yeah. And I might actually go visit friends in LA or, or Atlanta or New York. Maybe depends on if I can swing it financially. Are you still going to see movies in 3d after the movie, after this wraps? Uh, I'm probably going to take a break because I'm so sick of Regal. I'm so sick of their crap. I'm so sick of their overpriced, extremely poor presentation. Do you think you'll miss being here on the website and doing podcasts every week? Yeah, I'm going to miss it because I've done it for so long. I mean, yeah, it. thank God. If this was a, well, to be honest, if this was a daily grind, I wouldn't have, I would have quit a long time ago. Because I, that wouldn't have been something I could have afforded to have done. But with it being about monthly, I was able to afford to do that. It brought me enough pleasure that was payment enough. But I couldn't have done it if it was more frequently. Because it would have interfered with money making. And I wouldn't have been able to do it. Do you have anything you want to plug? 
No, because I'm not doing anything online. All I'm only thing I'll be doing, um, probably other than uh, working on my getting working on my hell, uh, maybe uh, ha- passing out flyers in the election. I mean, I'll probably do some work for something and um, and working on um, ha- doing something for Halloween. Like, do you have any charities that you specifically want people to potentially donate to or causes? Uh, only thing, if you want to do something, call your representatives and and say it's the guns. We got to do something about the guns. This is we we don't have to live this way. This is insane. And with uh, all of the trans hate going on, do you want to comment on that? It's it's stupid. Uh, you shouldn't be hate, hating on people. I mean, and what makes me angry is people claim they're doing it out of love and they're doing it for the children and they're not doing... No. You're just doing it because you're hateful. Stop it. Stop it. Quit this Nazi shit. Just stop it. And, uh, and the people saying they're doing it in the name of God... They don't believe in God because if they did, if they believed in God even for a second, they'd be too afraid to do this stuff because of the penalty they would pay. But they know, but they obviously feel there is no afterlife and there is no greater power that's going to hold them accountable because they wouldn't do this stuff if they felt there was. And I'm not going to call them atheists because atheists at least have morals in the set set of beliefs beyond lining their own pockets. So uh, I'm going to give you some time now that you can have a monologue and you could say whatever you want. You could, I won't censor it. I mean, um, I won't change it. I won't edit it. This is the time you have on a microphone. This is the last time we're probably going to talk on air. So what do you want to say, Jake, that you want to have this time that you say whatever you want, free speech, 100%. I mean, if you just want to say the F word for one whole minute, fine. But I'd rather you use this as a good opportunity to say something important or interesting or whatever you feel like your heart tells you to say. So this is your time. Tell me, what do you want to say to the public? To, to they No. Yeah. Oh, just just think of things like this. Just remember, everybody is special. We're all special. I mean, I know, and the biggest problem I think people have is they want to feel special, and they think the only way they can feel special is by making somebody not special. And we just need to realize we're all special, we're all different, and we need to quit othering each other. We need to realize we're all in this together. I know it sounds like hippy-dippy shit, but it's not. That we're on one planet with one ecosystem. We can't, and we're so globally connected, we can't run from our problems. We have no choice. We need to face them. Because if we don't, we've kicked them down the, the road for too long. I mean, and the older guys like me and my, my generations uh, failed you. I'm sorry. I tried my best, but I was just nobody with no influence. Gen Z, you finally outnumber the boomers. Go get them. Go fix this world. Um, you'll have uh, the backs of the people that give a shit. We'll back you. And hopefully that's enough, give you enough numbers to put you over the top to take these a-holes out once and for all and trying to get our world back into some sanity. Not all boomers are, are crazy. <laughs> and you're one of them, right? Almost. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jones generation. My Jones are not a boomer. I'm one of those cusps. (laughs) I'm just teasing you, man. I'm just teasing you. Anyway, there's more of a mentality than is a generation anyway. All right. With that, um, I guess it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, Jake. And time for you to say goodbye to the audience listening to this or watching this podcast. Yeah. That's all, folks. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this last podcast with Jake.